Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you turn your Bibles to Ecclesiastes again, we'll be there again. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 12 tonight. If I can find it myself. It's right here. It's on page. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, we've been looking at Ecclesiastes. Um, we know Solomon or the preacher has been reflecting on the meaning of life, about what is life all about. And he concludes after looking at life under the sun. And that is life without God. Life apart from considering God in the picture. Everything is vanity. He says everything is vanity. Everything is meaningless. And um, he continues to reflect on that in the passage we're looking at tonight. Yet he comes to a point that's positive towards the end. He, he says, he, he considered that the, the best thing is just to enjoy life. To enjoy life. To enjoy eating and drinking and, the, and just it puts yourself into the work that you do because that's God's gift to us. Now, we, he considers all these different things that are, that he, that he finds meaningless. And just a couple of, of, um, of things. Reputation. Reputation is one of those things that we could get ourselves caught up in trying to, to, to have people remember us. Remember what kind of person we are. And there was a news a new story within this past week about that. If you follow uh, what's going on in the news, you know uh, William Barr. He's the Attorney, attorney General. And... Uh, um, he was asked, and I'm not going to take any sides here from the pulpit on the politics of it all. We can talk about that outside of the pulpit. <laughs> but um, William Barr was asked, aren't you concerned about your reputation having taken this job and, and said what you said in the release of the, the Mueller report? And what he said was that he's not concerned about his reputation. He said he doesn't believe that somehow immortality comes in some Homeric idea where uh, you, you, you gain immortality by people singing your praises after you're dead. He, he said he's in the end of his career and he, he's not really worried about his reputation because we all die. That's what he said. And there's a New York Times and Washington Post all saying, Barr says we all die. <laughs> Solomon said that a long time before. We all die. And then also, you know, we, we sometimes try to find uh, some meaning in building up wealth for ourselves and building up possessions. But what we find is we come to the end of our lives when we've accumulated all of our lives and then we're wondering, what are we going to do with all of it? Um, there was a, a, a news story a couple of years ago in Forbes and then they kind of picked it up again in uh, this idea in um, uh, New York Times about a year ago. 
And uh, the the idea is people's tastes are changing. Uh, no, the things that people liked 50 years ago are not the same kinds of things that people like in fashion and things like that anymore. And so there. Older people, and I want to be sensitive here, are finding difficulty knowing what to do with all of their things because their baby boomer or younger children aren't interested in those things anymore. Here's a little story. There was a Susan Beauregard, 49, of Hampton, Connecticut, is reluctant to have with her... 89-year-old mother, uh, Anita Shear, what to, what to do eventually with Mrs. Shear's beloved set of Lennox china. Mrs. Beauregard said she never uses her own fine china, which she received as a wedding gift long ago. I feel obligated to take my mom's ch- Lennox, but it's just going to sit in my cupboard with next to my stuff, she said. Maybe you can relate to this. We accumulate all of our lives only to leave it to someone who may not even care. And you you sense the futility that Solomon, the preacher, is talking about. Let's read from Ecclesiastes starting in verse one, uh, verse 12 of chapter 1. I the preacher have been king over Israel in Jerusalem. And I applied my heart to seek and to search out wisdom by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given the children of man to be busy with. I have seen everything that is done under the sun. And behold, all is vanity and striving after wind. What is crooked cannot be made straight. And what is lacking cannot be counted. I said in my heart, I have acquired great wisdom, surpassing all who were over Jerusalem before me. And my heart has had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And I applied my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this also is but a striving after wind. For in much wisdom is much vexation. And he who increases increases knowledge increases sorrow. I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. But behold, this also was vanity. And I said of laughter, it is mad. And of pleasure, what use is it? I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine, my heart still guiding me with wisdom, and how to lay hold on folly till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the days of their life. I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made gardens and parks and planted them all in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made for myself pools from which to water the forests of the of the growing trees. 
I bought male and female slaves and slaves who were born in my house. I had great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasures of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women and many concubines, the delight of the souls of man. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me, and whoever my, and whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from my heart no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil. And this was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered that my hands had done that all my hands had done, and the toil that I had expended in doing it. And behold, all was vanity and striving after wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. So I turned to consider wisdom and madness and folly. For what can a man do who comes after the king? Only what's been done already. Then I saw that there is more gain in wisdom than in folly. And there is more gain in light than in darkness. The wise person has eyes in his head, but the fool walks in darkness. And yet I perceive that the fool, what, will happen, what happens to the fool will happen also to me. Why then have I been so very wise? And I said in my heart that this also is vanity. For, the, for of the wise, as of the fool, there is no enduring remembrance seeing that in the days to come all will have been forgotten, how the wise dies just like the fool. So I hated life, because what is done under the sun was grievous to me, for all is vanity and a striving after wind. I hated all my toil in which I toiled under the sun, seeing that I must leave it, leave it to the man who will come after me. And who knows whether he will be wise or a fool. Yet he will be master of all for which I toiled and used my wisdom under the sun. This also is vanity. So I turned about and gave my heart up to despair over all the toil of my labors under the sun. Because sometimes a person who has toiled with wisdom and, and knowledge and skill must leave everything to be enjoyed by someone who didn't toil for it. This also was vanity and a great evil. What has, what is a man from all the toil and striving of heart with which he toils beneath the sun? For all his days are full of sorrow and his work a vexation. Even in the night, his heart does not rest. This also is vanity. There is nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This I saw is from the hand of God. For apart from him, who can eat and who can have enjoyment? For to the one who pleases Him, 
God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner, He has given the business of gathering and collecting only to give to the one who pleases God. This also is vanity and striving after wind. Let's pray. Father, we need Your wisdom. Lord, we need to have Your eyes to see Your Word speak to us. Lord, this can be very depressing if we look at it from under the sun. But when we look at it as Your gift, we have a whole different perspective. Lord, help us to see Your Word and the world that You have made under heaven. Father, I pray that You would be with me and give me strength and grace as I preach. In Jesus' name, Amen. Again, he refers to himself, the preacher. I, the preacher, have been king in Jerusalem. And he's, he's speaking in the first person here. He, in, the, in the first few verses, we didn't hear it so much in the first person, but now he's starting to talk about his experiences. He's talking about his experiences and, and all of the experimentation that he does to seek out where there is meaning in life. And he says he turned to, to search out by wisdom everything that is under heaven and he found that it's just an unhappy business. <laughs> it's an unhappy business which he says God has given to the children of men. At the same time, he says it's an unhappy business, but it's something that God has given. How can we reconcile these two things? One, he says it's an unhappy business, but he says that it's come from God's hand. It's a, it's a gift. I think we are re- meant to read this in light of Genesis chapter 3. We have the fall that comes. Things are not the way they're supposed to be. We, had, we were born, we were, we were created to live in perfect harmony with God in the garden. And, and God had set up Adam and Eve to, to live a perfect life of perfect harmony with Him. And Adam and Eve disobeyed God, bringing sin and death into the world. And one of the curses that God gave as a punishment for Adam and Eve's sin was a curse on the ground that would increase our toil. It would increase the, the pains that we would have as we labor and the ground would produce thorns for us. The futility that comes in nature, in the experience we have, is due to sin coming into the world. So at the one hand, it is an unhappy business that's come from God's hand. He looks at everything. He sees how this world is broken and he quotes this proverb. He says, what is crooked cannot be made straight. It's broken. We're all broken. Every last one of us. 
And, and, and we everything around us is broken. It's wearing down everything. You know, buildings, you can build up a nice building, but if you don't maintain it and you don't take care of it, it's going to one day just fall in and collapse on itself. And even if you do take care of it, it's still going to have wear and tear, and it won't be the nice shiny building it was when you first built it. Because our world is broken and it is crooked. And what God has brought on with the curse, no one can straighten it out. What is lacking cannot be counted. As I read that, I, I, I thought about trying to, to go through and, and register a, a checkbook and, and reconcile, you know, Making sure everything is there. And there's something that's lacking and you just can't find it. You just can't reconcile it. What is lacking cannot be counted. As Solomon is here thinking and reflecting on life, there's just something missing under the sun. There's just something missing if you're looking at life under the sun apart from God and you just can't figure it out what it is. And he considers wisdom. He says he acquired wisdom surpassing everybody who was over Jerusalem before him. And he didn't just consider wisdom. He considered madness as well. He considered folly. He thought of all the ideas that he could think of. Whether it's a good idea or a bad idea. He was brainstorming. (laughs) every kind of idea that he could imagine. And he says, it's all just striving after wind. All of the thoughts and all the philosophies of man, whether when it comes from Plato to Aristotle to Aquinas to uh, Heidegger, all of the different philosophers of man to Derrida and, and everybody that you can think of today, it's all... Striving after wind. You can't figure it out. Solomon says, For in much wisdom is much vexation. And he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. Later on in Ecclesiastes, it talks about there's there's, uh, pain in the writing of many books. <laughs> the more you know, the more there is to be vexed by. Sometimes it's, it's just nice to be ignorant and be blissful. Solomon tells us later, wisdom is better than folly, but... He's honest about it. In wisdom is much vexation. The more you know, the more you see the pain is, that is in the world, the more you see that things just don't seem to make sense, the more you know, the more you grow in wisdom, and the more it troubles you how so many things happen in the world that shouldn't be that way. In much wisdom is much vexation. He talks about all of his experiments. He says, come now, I will test you with pleasure. 
So he tries to accumulate to himself all the pleasures that he can. And these are not necessarily sinful pleasures. I mean, he, the word there for pleasure is actually rejoicing. It's the same word whenever we're told to rejoice in the Lord. So whenever he says, I will test you with pleasure, he's testing with, with joy and with happiness. Okay, and, and we'll see the kinds of things that he uses to test with pleasure. Laughter. But it's madness, he says. Pleasure. Rejoicing. But what use is it? Yeah, we, you know, we, 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 we rejoice when our team wins the game. How are the Cardinals doing? <laughs> Did they, they lost the night you went there, right? <laughs> you know, but what good is it? What use is it? Nobody's going to remember that game two days from then. We might rejoice when our team gets a, gets a home run, but what use is it, the preacher says. I searched my heart to cheer my body with wine. So he, he stimulated his body with wine. And then let's not forget these words. My heart still guiding me with wisdom. So he used wine not to just get totally sloshed. <laughs> he, but he used wine, he used alcohol in order to bring himself some kind of stimulation to enjoy. Not completely drunk, but enough to kind of feel the buzz. Solomon did. And he says, this was folly. He wanted to see what was good for the children of men to do under heaven during the days of life. Notice the contrast there. He keeps talking about under the sun, under the sun, under the seven, sun. But then he says his search is for all... What is it that's good for a man to do under heaven? There's a contrast here between under the sun and under heaven. In God's sight. Considering God within the picture. Then he looks at all the different things that he's accomplished. He says he's made great works. He's built houses and vineyards and gardens and parks. All of these different things that he's made. He's had servants. He's done all of these things, accumulated for himself all the wealth he's done with the arts, you know, singers and everything you can imagine. He tried to accumulate to himself. And yet, again, it was for himself. For himself. Notice. I made great works. I planted them in all in them all kinds of trees. I made myself pools. He's still very self-centered in the way that he's talking about all of these works. And then what happens? I became great I became great and surpassed all who were before me also my wisdom remained with me he he didn't lose all of his wisdom because of it and yet in spite of the fact that he didn't hold withhold any pleasure from himself 
It was still all vanity. In verse 11, he considered all the works that he had done, all the toil, all the things that he had built, all the gardens that he planted, all of those things, and still it was just striving after wind. Nothing to be gained under the sun. And so then he begins to consider wisdom and madness and folly again. And when he considers wisdom and folly, compares the two, he sees that wisdom is better than folly. And he has a comparison here. Wisdom is better than folly as light is better than darkness. He says a wise man has eyes in his head, but the fool walks around in darkness. So it's better to be wise. If you're going to choose to be wise or be a fool, he's already told us being wise is painful. There is much vexation in wisdom. But, he says, it's better to be wise because at least if you're wise, you can see what's going on. You, have, you, you can consider the world. You can be reflective and see what's going on. But the fool, he just walks in darkness. He goes on and never considers what everything is all about. Never considers. The fool, I think, is more than, than just foolish in making bad decisions. The fool here in Ecclesiastes is the one who lives under the sun apart from God. Then, he says, he throws his hands up. What happens to the fool will also happen to me. (laughs) Even in spite of the fact that it's better for, for you to be wise than to be a fool, he considers that, and the same thing he says that will happen to a fool will also happen to me. They're both going to the same place, he says. Now, we have to consider here, Ecclesiastes was a part of the Old Testament and he did not have the big picture like we do. We talked last week about how in the New Testament era, we see how Jesus rose from the dead, he defeated death, and because of that, our labor is not in vain in the Lord. But Solomon is writing from a perspective where he does not know all about that. And he says, the same place that a fool goes, I'm going to go. Not heaven or hell, but into the grave. Into the ground where they're going to kick dirt on top of us. And he says, there'll be no remembrance, no enduring remembrance in the days to come. He said that it was grievous to us, to him. It ought to be grievous to us to think about that. And if God were not a part of the picture, if we're just looking at things under the sun, not considering God, just think of how hopeless that is. To think, with all of our work, with all of our labor, with all of our wisdom, we're just going to go and die and go into the same dirt that someone who doesn't work hard 
someone who doesn't have wisdom. All that, we're just going to be put into a hole. Boy, this is encouraging. (laughs) But, he turns. I'm kind of going over this quickly because it it is a long text. Um, He turns in verse 24 to finally make the positive side of things. There is nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also I saw is from the hand of God. For apart from Him, who can eat and who can drink and who can have enjoyment? The fact that God exists The fact that we will one day stand in judgment before Him brings meaning into our life. If you reflect on life and consider all the implications if God did not exist, then everything would be meaningless. We would all just be a bunch of random accidents, all just molecules bumping around with no meaning and no purpose. Honest atheists will admit this. But with God in the picture, there is meaning. And we can have real enjoyment. It's not just an illusion because of our biological evolution. It's real. Our enjoyment when we eat and when we drink. It's a gift from God. He gives that to us to enjoy Him and to turn us to worship and praise Him. That is where we can find real meaning. God has given us things to enjoy. A lot of times we we, we get super spiritualized where we don't want to really enjoy the things that life has given us. But Solomon here tells us, enjoy it. God has given us these things and they ought to turn turn our hearts to praise Him for it. No one can have real joy in those things if it were not for God giving it to us. And then he says, for the one who pleases Him, God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy, but to the sinner He has given the business of gathering and collecting only to give to the one who pleases God. Think about it. To the one who pleases Him, to the believer, to someone who recognizes God for who He is, Everything does have meaning. You can have real joy in your eating and drinking, enjoying your family and all of those things. You can have real meaning in that, but to the sinner, but to the fool, to the one who doesn't consider God into the picture, it's just the rat race. All he does is get up, go to work, bring home money, Feed himself, get back up, go to work. Continual pattern over and over, over and over. Ultimately, he's just going to leave it to the ones who will inherit the earth. Jesus said, blessed are the meek, I believe it was, they'll inherit the earth. For believers... 
Solomon ends this with, this also is vanity and striving after wind. In the end, what I want to say is, all of our accumulation, which we, 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 we all get caught into, I mean, how many times have we had to clean out our storage unit? <laughs> it seems like every single year we go through our garage and throw stuff away. Or it seems like every couple of months I'm taking a trip to Goodwill and donating things. We all get caught up into that. We, we have things for a little while and then we pass them on because they're no longer of any use to us. We can enjoy those things with a real meaning and a real purpose because they're gifts of God. We don't want to get caught up in the rat race like the world. We don't want to begin to see things the way the world sees them and just want to accumulate things for ourselves. And we want to remember, we want to make our decisions based on what's right. Like, regardless of whatever anyone thinks about, William Barr in the illustration that I opened with, he's not concerned about what people think about him, about his reputation, about whether people sing his praises after he's gone. He's going to be dead. There's, he just wants to do the right thing. He wants to please God. I don't know about him and his personal beliefs or what he believes about God, but it would be consistent I don't have a good way to close this <laughs> other than we can be thankful that God has given us everything that He's given us. He's given us work. He's given us everything that He has provided to us all to cause us to praise and glorify Him. And He is a, a good God. listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.